Okay, well, I'm excited. I'm excited for today's message, okay? I was praying over it, reading through the scripture, and I am on fire today, so I hope you guys are ready. Is that okay? Okay, good. Whew. I'm bringing it even if you're not ready, okay? We're doing this thing, because today's message is called No Expiration Date. It's our fourth and final uh, message in our Good Fruit series, and we're talking about what it means to, to bear fruit that lasts, because fruit doesn't always have the longest expiration date, right? So how do we bear fruit that lasts for eternity? That's what we're gonna talk about. Because I think all of us want to matter more than our lives. Like we wanna make a difference. We wanna do something that's important that impacts our world. And what most of us do is we choose success. We think that if we're successful at our job, at our careers, with our families, in the things that we're trying to build in our life, if we're successful with those things, then we'll make an impact. But here's the bad news. 100 years from now, all new people. That's what Anne Lamott said. 100 years from now, nobody will remember us. Uh, I know this, um, my older brother John, he and his wife just had their fifth kid um, last week. And um, yeah, it was their fourth boy. And so they didn't know what to name because they're like, we've used all our boy names. Like, so they were trying to figure out. Finally, they were like, hey, we're gonna call him Otto Henry. And I talked to my mom later. She's like, yeah, Henry's a family name. And I was like, what? I was like, I, didn't, I don't know anybody in our family named Henry. She's like, yeah, your great grandpa. Your great grandpa's name was Henry. He's the one who immigrated from Germany. And I was like, I didn't, I don't know. I never met him. He died before I was born. Okay, I knew him as great grandpa Shadle, but I didn't know him. I didn't even know he was the one who came to the United States. I figured it happened at some point. Okay, but I, I, I didn't know him. Uh, and that's how it goes. Like, I don't even know my great grandpa, his first name. And that's how it is. Very few of us could name all of our great-grandparents' first names. And that's within 100 years. That's just a few generations. Going back even farther, I have no clue. I have no clue at all. And that's how most of it is, and that's what it's gonna be like for you too. Let's just call it out. We're gonna die, and we're gonna be forgotten. And even if we pursue success, and we're very successful at the things we want to do, and I hope that you're successful, You'll retire and they'll stop calling you like the next week. They'll forget about you soon after and you'll die and be forgotten. This is what happens to all of us if we choose success. However, there is a way to have a lasting impact, an eternal impact. And it's if we choose significance over success. That's what I'm gonna challenge you guys to do today to choose significance over success. And there is a way that what you do in this life and what you produce with it can echo into eternity. That's what Maximus wanted, right? And Gladiator, echo into eternity. And there is a way to do it. And it's through Jesus that we'll see today. Because a normal lifespan, even if it's, it's good and long and you, you live some 80 years, um, it, it follows a pretty standard pattern. And there's this alternative um, creation story that I don't endorse, it doesn't come from the Bible. But there's this alternative uh, creation story that God on the first day created the dog, okay? And on the first day he created this dog and uh, he looks at the dog and he says, okay, you will go out and you will stay by your master's house and you will bark at anything that comes near and I will give you 20 years to do it. And the dog's like, 20 years of barking? It's too much. I'll take 10, you keep the other 10. So God's like, okay, that's fine. And then on day two, God created the monkey. You guys knew about this creation story? You've heard this one before? He created the monkey on day two. 
And he said, okay, monkey, your job will be to entertain people, to do dumb tricks, to make people laugh. And I will give you 20 years to do it. And the monkey's like, God, 20 years of entertaining other people, I can't take it. Give me just 10, you can keep the other 10 years. And God says, that will be fine. And then on the third day, God created the cow. And he took the cow and he said, you will go out into the field to work hard, to provide milk for the family that you will live with the farmer. And I will give you 60 years to do it. And the cow's like, 60 years of hard work? No, just give me 20, you can keep the other 40. And God says, that'll be fine. And then finally, God created man. And he said to man, you are to enjoy life, to eat, to sleep, and to enjoy everything that I've created. And I will give you 20 years to do it. And the man's like, only 20 years? Only 20 years, can I have all those other years from the animals? That would give me 80 years, that sounds good. And God says, that'll be fine. And that's why humans enjoy the first 20 years of our lives, where we eat and sleep and play. And the next 40 years, we work hard to provide for our families. And then the next 10 years, you do dumb tricks to entertain your grandkids. And the 10 years after that, you sit on your porch and you bark at everyone who comes near. <laughs> okay, that's the alternative creation, right? That's what life looks like on its own. And we're like, I want a life more than that. I want a life better than that. I wanna have a life of significance. And I hope that you will choose that today as we are challenged by Jesus's own words to choose significance over success. So we're gonna wrap up our series in John chapter 15. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open there. If you have your smartphone, use the YouVersion Bible app. Um, we are gonna really focus on verses 16 and 17, which are the last two verses in this section that we've covered now for four weeks, this section of teaching uh, that we've you know, entitled Good Fruit. And I, I want to read the entire passage so you can see how it fits together, but the verses aren't behind me. They're not on your phone. So I want you to listen. Do you guys remember how to do that? It's been a while since we've had, I want you to really listen, focus, so we can hear the words of Jesus and really understand and put together the things we've learned the last four weeks. So here Jesus teaches his disciples and he teaches us in turn. Verse one, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And in week one, we looked at that part of the passage and we learned that God doesn't want a transaction. He wants a relationship for you to remain in that relationship and through that to bear fruit. Then Jesus continues in verse five. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And in week two, we looked at that passage and we learned that God prunes you 
because he wants more for you, to bear much fruit, to bear more fruit. Then Jesus continues in verse nine. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. I just read that. Okay, verse 11. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. And from that in week three, last week, we learned that Jesus's love language is obedience, to do his commands. And then finally, our two verses for today. We'll put it up on the screen, but maybe you've gotten distracted. You're on your phone again. Come back here. Verse 16 and 17. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. If I were in a traditional church, I'd say the word of the Lord. Somebody said it, praise be to God, okay. You're like, we don't do that, Matt. You're right, we don't. But it's still the word of the Lord. So that's what Jesus is teaching us in this section we've called Good Fruit, this series. And and we've looked through these four weeks. And today, from these last two verses, we're gonna see that Jesus is challenging us to bear fruit that will last. And that's why we're gonna choose significance over success. Significance, fruit that will last over temporary success. So we're gonna see three different aspects of this long-lasting eternal fruit, that the significance that we can have today. So if you're taking notes, get ready. Get your pens ready, get your phones ready, your thumbs. Point number one, good fruit is the only thing we produce that lasts. Good fruit is the only thing we produce that lasts. Jesus said that. Let's look again at verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Fruit that will last. So in case you haven't picked up on it in the last four weeks, Jesus is not talking about what you get in the produce section of your grocery store or at the farmer's market this morning. Okay, that's not the fruit he's talking about because he's talking about fruit that will last. The fruit that we buy has a pretty short expiration date, right? It really does. Has anybody in here gotten some Palisade peaches this season? Nobody. Yes, a few of you, okay. Palisade peaches are the best peaches. Georgia peaches can go to hell. Okay, I said it. Shots fired. Our, my in-laws brought some Palisade peaches on their way over from Utah, and we ate like all of them, like within a couple days. And we pretend it's because, oh, they, they're gonna go bad, but they're just so good, right? In fact, yesterday we were driving up on Colorado and there was someone selling them on the side of the road. We're like, we're getting more because they're so good. But they don't last very long, do they? Like you got a few days to eat these peaches or, or jam them or whatever you're gonna do with them, right? And they're so good. Even fruit, if you freeze dry it, has an expiration date. You can maybe make it last for a few years, 
but it doesn't last forever. Fruit is actually something with a very short expiration date. What Jesus is talking about here is fruit that will last forever. Now, I know that some of you are the people in here that you see the expiration date, and if you're one day past, you throw that thing away, right? I ain't gonna let that kill me. Some of you are like that, right? And others of you are like, yeah, it's just a gentle suggestion, right? Okay, and you two marry each other, right? Isn't this how it goes, right? That's how it goes. And whether you're the person who throws things away the day after expiration date, or you wait till it's a little moldy and fuzzy, and you're like, eh, it's kind of like penicillin, like it'll clear me out, right? Okay, whatever your opinion is of expiration, everything has an expiration date. Even if you ate it, you puked, and you're like, okay, now let's throw it away, right? We all know that food and fruit has an expiration date. But the fruit we bear for Jesus that we produce with him and for him will last for eternity. And that's so important because everything else we do in this life won't last. You might have great success at your career. And like I said, you'll retire and literally they'll stop calling you the next day or within a few weeks. You might've been the most important successful person and they'll forget about you. Your grandkids and certainly your great grandkids won't remember you hardly at all. Maybe a few fuzzy memories. You might write a book, and within a few generations, people won't even remember the book was ever written. Even if you build a great building and you think, oh, this is going to stand forever, it won't. Because even in Europe, you're like, oh, wow, these ancient buildings, they've only been there maybe a few hundred years, a couple thousand. But within a, a certain amount of generations, everything will disappear, and nobody remembers who built those buildings anyways. Everything we do in this life won't last except what we produce for Jesus and with him. Now, this is important um, because a lot of us still default to chasing success, thinking that'll be the way that I'll be remembered and make an impact and people will respect me, but it's not. Mike Singletary um, was a coach for a lot of years. He, he was an assistant coach and a head coach for a number of years for the San Francisco 49ers. And you can see in this photo that around his neck, he has a necklace with a cross on it. Um, and he would wear it all the time. So one reporter one day asked him, they, they said, coach, and Mike is now retired. I say him like a, we're on a first name basis. Coach Mike and I, right? Um, but uh, a uh, reporter asked him like, have you always worn that cross necklace? And he says, actually, no. Because Mike Singletary was actually a, a defensive lineman. He's actually probably more famous as a defensive lineman for the 1985 Chicago Bears, which is considered one of the best defensive teams of all time. He, won a pro, he went to the Pro Bowl that year. He won a Super Bowl. He was at the top of the game. And he said he started wearing the cross that year because he won a Super Bowl, went to the Pro Bowl, and he felt completely empty, unfulfilled. The highest accolades in his profession. And he felt empty, and angry and frustrated. And that's when he cried out to God. And God spoke to him and said, I will give you meaning if you let me use you. And he began to allow God to use him. He put on that cross so that he could begin to reflect Jesus to everyone he met. And he continues to do that to this day. Because he realized the highest amount of success you could get in this life is not enough. It leaves you unfulfilled. You need something more significant. And that's why he chose significance over success. And I hope that you will too. 
And it's to bear fruit that lasts in Jesus. So that's the first thing that we learn. Everything else that we produce won't last. The second thing we learn from this passage, if we can uh, jump, jump ahead to point two, is that God appointed you to produce good fruit. God appointed you to produce good fruit. Did you notice that's what he said in this passage in verse 16? He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I chose you and appointed you. Jesus chose us. God chose us to bear fruit. Now, this is really good. He picked you for his team to do something great that will last for eternity. Now, this means he didn't just pick me because I'm a preacher. He didn't just pick Pastor Sam because he can write great, write great songs. He didn't pick Pastor Sawyer because he looks good, okay? He picked every single one of us. Every single one of us, if we follow Jesus, are chosen to bear fruit that will last for eternity, to echo into eternity with what we do. He's chosen us. He's appointed us in the same way that God appointed Abraham in the Old Testament to be the father of many nations. We are appointed. In the same way that God appointed Samuel to be his spokesperson. He appointed David to be a great leader. God appoints us in the same way. The way he appointed the priests to take care of the temple and Solomon to build it in the first place. God appoints people for a specific purpose and he appointed every single one of you if you call him your Lord and Savior. He chose you and he chose you knowing everything about you. This is what I love about him. Like you'll get hired for a job and then they'll find out something about you and they're like, okay, you're fired, right? God knows everything about you and he wants you. He knows your sin he knows your past. He knows your shame. He knows the mistakes you've made. He also knows your weaknesses, your temptations. He knows your flaws, your disabilities. And he appoints you. He calls you. The things that you're like insecure about, unsure about, the things you're like, I don't know if people will accept me. Those are the things that God shows you maybe even for. Because now when he shines through you, his glory can shine even brighter. He appointed you. He called you. Jesus is saying, I chose you. Somebody needs to hear that today. Jesus chose you. He knows everything about you and he picked you purposefully. I want you to do something real quick. I want you to reach up and feel your pulse. You feel that right in your neck? Anybody dead? Raise your hand if you are. Okay, if you've got a pulse, you've got a purpose. Okay, hear me? You've got a pulse, you've got a purpose. God chose you, he picked you, he appointed you to bear good fruit. Moses was one of those first people that God appointed, right? And Moses was like, I can't do this. I can't go speak to Pharaoh, the king of the kings who's holding my entire people hostage and I'm a murderer. He had a past, right? He's like, I, I can't do this, but God picked him anyways. In, in Exodus chapter four, verses 11 and 12, God says this to Moses, I love this. He says in, in Exodus 4, 11, he says, the Lord said to him, to Moses, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute so that they even have disabilities? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. And I think that's what God says to every single one of us. You have your insecurities, your list of reasons why God can't use you. He looks at that and he said, said, no, I'll help you. In fact, I wanna use you because then your glory will shine even brighter. And it won't even make sense. How could this power come in this person, in that little package, right? But it's God. He wants to show up that way. He appointed you and chose you 
And because God uses you, you're important. There was a, uh, a car that went up for auction last year and it sold for $2.4 million. Even though when it first went on sale in 1964, it sold for just over 12,000. Why would someone spend so much money on a car, right? My car can get them just the same way, right? But it's because it was an Aston Martin driven by Sean Connery in a couple of the James Bond films. And it's valuable because of who used it. Let me tell you the same thing. You have value because God wants to use you. And he's way more valuable than Sean Connery. You are important. You're significant and you're part of God's plan to do something that could echo into eternity. In fact, in Ephesians 2.10, it says that for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You are God's masterpiece. You were chosen and appointed by him to bear fruit that will last. He has chosen you for eternal significance. So how do we do it? How do we actually make this impact that will go on and echo into eternity? Glad you asked. Point three. To produce good fruit, we must go in love. We must go in love. Read verse 16 again. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And then he concludes this entire section of teaching by saying, this is my command, love each other. He says, I've chosen you so that you can go. Did you notice that first? Go. This is a verb in the present tense. It's the same verb that you find in the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples. And it's in the present tense, meaning this isn't just something you do one time. Some of you guys are freaked out. You're like, oh my gosh, do I have to go to Africa? Like, I don't know if I'm ready to be a missionary there. Okay, but it just says go. And it's present tense, so it's almost like as you're going, while you're going, bear fruit. This means that every single one of us is commanded and called to go to bear fruit. Meaning, you can go across the street and produce fruit. You can go to the coffee shop and produce good fruit. You can go to work every day and produce good fruit. You can go online to produce fruit, okay? That counts as going somewhere. Kids, you can tell your mom that, right? If you're going to connect with another person, and that's why at the very end, he finishes up this instruction by saying, this is my command to love each other. And that's why I'm telling you, if you wanna produce good fruit that will have significance for eternity, you've got to go in love. Because it's how we impact the people around us that will have eternal impact. Because everything in this life will fade away. You will die, your friends will die, they'll bury you and everybody will forget about you. But people will last forever. Every single human being has an eternal destiny. C.S. Lewis said that you have never met a mere mortal. People are either immortal horrors or immortal glories. Everyone has an eternal destiny. Every single human being on earth, all, almost eight billion of us, we have an eternal destiny. And the way we treat, love, and serve the people around us could change their eternal destiny. Do you recognize that? 
Every little interaction we have with another human being every single day can lead people to an eternal um, future with Jesus. I met somebody this, this last week and they said that their mission in life, their like life mission statement was to shine in a way that, that draws people just a little bit closer to Jesus. I love that because that's something you can do in every single interaction of your life. The way you look people in the eye, the way you care for people, the way you love people, the way you serve people, the way you interact with your family, with your friends, at work, the way you treat a customer, the way you treat your boss. Every single interaction can lead people to Jesus. In a world right now that is so divided, that hates each other, we can go out and be different and people will be like, I've known Christians, but you're different. I thought all the Christians were like those people I see on the news, but you're different. You've just maybe drawn them a little bit closer to Jesus. And that is fruit that could last. That is fruit that could last forever. Now in this um, passage from starting in verse one, like fruit, I think, Jesus leaves it a little bit vague because it's like, okay, is this the fruit of the Spirit? Paul talks about that. That, that. that the Holy Spirit in your life will start to develop love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This, these character aspects of what it means to be like Jesus. That fruit will be developed in you through that relationship we have with God. There's also fruit that he talked about like prayers being answered. Like that's a pretty good fruit. I like that. I want more of that. There's also the fruit of happiness. We saw that last week. I've written this so you might have, or I've said this so that you might have joy and have it to the full. Like there is a happiness that, that's born in us. But as we get to the end of this passage, I think that Jesus is making us look outside of ourselves to see the fruit that we can bear that's eternal because it's other people. Dawson Trotman, the founder of The Navigators, said that the primary fruit of a Christian is another Christian. This is the fruit that we can bear as we impact other people's lives. That's why we say here, our mission in our church is to help people follow Jesus. And it's not my mission. It's not the, the, the other pastors, the other staff, the elders. It's not our mission. It, it's all of our mission, right? Every single one of us has this chance to draw people a little bit closer to Jesus, to draw them a little bit closer, every single interaction. And we can just be kind to them. And they're like, okay, maybe Christians are a little different. Maybe I'll give this church thing another shot. They get invited to church. Maybe they hear the good news for the first time. And then their lives are transformed forever. That little push is helping people follow Jesus. And every interaction we have with another human being can lead people that way or can have the opposite effect, doesn't it? To push them away from Jesus. Eric Liddell, who became a missionary to China, but for many years was just an Olympic athlete. You might know him from the movie Chariots of Fire. He said that we are all missionaries wherever we go. We either bring people nearer to Christ or we repel them from Christ. So you are all missionaries. You just might be a bad one. <laughs> and I want you to be a good one because it's by being a good pers person and, and loving people and by being that missionary to tell people the good news of Jesus, we just draw them a little bit closer and a little bit closer by our life, by our actions, by our love. That's how we can have eternal significance. Jesus says that when you get there, the, he's talking about how you use your money. So even your money can impact people, right? But he said, the way you use your money, the way you live your life, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings by the way you're even just a friend to people. Our friendships can have an eternal significance. And that's way greater than any success we could have in this life because we'll be with those people for trillions of years. And I want more people there. 
I want more friends there. I want more people that might even be my enemies right now. We'll make it up. We got trillions of years to figure it out, right? Let's do this. And so I hope that you will choose significance over success. Hope that you will choose significance over success. Because God appointed his own son to do this, to show us how to do it. When Jesus was teaching here, he was also living it out. He was appointed by the Father to come down to the earth, to live and walk among us. And for most of his life, the majority of his life, he was a blue-collar worker. And I think during all that time, he was loving people and serving them, doing good work with his hands because he wanted to draw people closer to God. And then when he finally began to proclaim the good news, when he was around 30 years old, he told people that there's forgiveness of sins. He taught people how to love and he showed them love. These 12 disciples, that very night that he taught this, he fell on his knees and washed their feet to show them an example of loving one another. And then God appointed him to be handed over to the religious leaders, to be arrested, to be beaten, and to suffer. God appointed him to suffer and to die. Because when Jesus went and died on the cross, we learned that greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And Jesus did that for us, showing us the greatest example of love. And when he died on the cross, anyone who puts their trust in Jesus can have their sins forgiven. They're given an eternal life with him and significance now, a new mission, new purpose in everything that you do. Jesus then appoints us to go out and do likewise. So choose significance over success. There was a photographer a few years ago, um, and you've probably seen his photo. You've probably seen this. It's one of the most famous uh, photos of all time. Kevin Carter uh, was a photographer, and he traveled to an area that's uh, now South Sudan. And they were in the midst of a crisis, and he took this photo of this little girl who was walking on her way to find food and collapsed in starvation. She was just a half mile from a UN aid station. And there she is collapsed and this vulture is just watching her and waiting. But he was a photographer. He had been told, don't interact. You don't wanna get any diseases from people. So he did nothing to help this little girl. But he took a photo. His photo got published in the New York Times. And then a few months later, he won a Pulitzer Prize for this photo. Talking about a journalist, that is the height of success. Published in the New York Times, Pulitzer Prize. That should be the greatest success you could ever imagine, right? And yet four months later, he took his own life. Because that success was not enough. And I don't know what he was thinking, if he wishes he could go back and do something different. But I think he realized that success wasn't enough. If he instead had chosen just to help this person, Maybe he would have experienced the significance that he could have in this life. I don't know. But I'm telling you, choose significance over success. Your success will be forgotten. You'll be forgotten. But the way you impact people for Jesus could echo into eternity. C.T. Studd once wrote, 
Only one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Now there's a hundred million ways that we could love people, right? hundred different ways that we could go out of here, even today, this week, to love people and draw them just a little closer to Jesus, to bear fruit that will last. We're giving you one simple way to do that today. By taking this card that's on your seat, or if you're watching online, you can get the digital card at the QR code behind me to invite people to our series next week, Giant Slayer. We're doing this series because there are people facing giants that seem unconquerable in their life. We met someone yesterday whose husband was dying. And I can't imagine that, but that's a giant. How do you conquer that? And there are people we know that need some hope that they can only find in Jesus. So by taking this card and inviting someone next week, you could have an eternal impact on them. And we're gonna have some baptisms next week too. This was the, the, the original date that we had planned. So we got people that already signed up for this date in addition to the 10 that we had three weeks ago. Isn't that pretty cool? And. and Every single one of us, when we invite a friend, when we serve on a Sunday morning, when we greet someone, we're part of these lives transformed. And I talked with so many people three weeks ago after we saw those 10 people get baptized who said, I was just crying, like I was so filled with happiness because we're a part of that. That's the eternal impact we get to see as someone goes into the water and comes up to proclaim to the world that they follow Jesus. We're all part of that. So this little invitation that you will invite one person to could change someone's eternal destiny. So I'm challenging you, who's that one person that you're gonna invite this week? How can you seek the one in your life? And see them have their eternity changed forever. So will you choose significance over success? That's the question. Which will you choose? Let's pray. Lord God, I wanna have an eternal impact. I want my life to matter. I know that I will die and be forgotten, but I pray that I and every single one of us would join you on the mission that we are appointed to, to bear good fruit, that we would love people, serve people, invite people, welcome them into our home, tell them the good news of Jesus, do whatever we can to see the lost be found, the broken restored, and people become the immortal glories that you created them to be. Use us, God. Use us for what you appointed us for. Now with eyes closed, I know that there may be some people in here who are not followers of Jesus yet. And if that's you and you want your life to matter more than this one, let me tell you, success won't cut it. You will be unfulfilled and you'll be forgotten. But if you choose the significance that comes with joining Jesus on his mission, you will have an eternal impact. And if that's you, you've got to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So I'm gonna give you the opportunity today to say a simple prayer to receive that, that gift of, of forgiveness, of eternal life, but also a new purpose in life. So if you're already a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud to give courage to someone near you who needs to pray it for the first time. Please repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Save me. Forgive me. In faith, I declare, Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me to follow you, to love others, 
and to make a, a significant impact. Now with eyes closed, if you said that prayer for the first time and, and meant it, we wanna celebrate with you. We have a little book that we've written to just help you with your next steps of faith. So on the count of three, put your hand in the air. One, two, three. Put your hand in the air if you made that decision today. Praise God, I see a couple hands in the back. Let's celebrate with those who made a decision. Um, congratulations. Lord God, we are just so grateful that you are in the, the, the mission of saving souls, of giving people a new eternal impact. We all wanna be a part of it. We wanna make a difference. So we help those who made that first decision today to follow you and, and those who've been following you for a lifetime, that we could all go out and help other people follow Jesus and choose significance over success. Amen.